think the main thing is we really, you know, talk about how we have a completely circular business model because we are completely peer to peer. You know, we are telling people to list items from their own wardrobe themselves, unlike any other rental player out there. You know, we don't engage in, you know, holding stock, buying stock, managing stock on behalf of people and brands. Uh, we're really all about, you know, getting people to use the app themselves and share what they already have because on average people have about 60 items in their wardrobe and we wear about 30. Hello and welcome to the Bossing It podcast. This series will be exploring real life stories of women on a mission to build big brands and fulfilled lives. Each guest will share the ups and downs of growing their business and get real about the challenges life has thrown their way on the road to success. Each episode will offer a fresh outlook on life and business and you'll also get to hear top tips from these amazing founders that will inspire you on your own mission of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Connie London Jefferson, and today I'm joined by Ashita Cabra, the amazing founder of By Rotation, the world's first social fashion rental app. To set the scene for why companies like By Rotation are essential in the fashion industry, here's a few scary facts. The fashion industry is responsible for 2.1% billion tonnes of CO2 emissions each year, and only 17% of brands are transparent about their annual carbon footprint at raw material level. When we look at the oceans, synthetic fibres account for 35% of microplastics that are getting released into our waterways. And on a human level, 93% of brands don't pay their workers a living wage. The good news is that things are changing with 75% of Gen Z saying that they bought secondhand in order to reduce consumption, and the sustainable fashion market revenue in the UK equaling 57 million in 2020. BioRotation is an essential platform at the heart of this fast fashion revolution. The idea for the platform came during Ashita's honeymoon, when she realised that with every purchase, she was adding to the incredible amount of textile waste that is damaging our planet. She started to reconsider her relationship with fashion and the idea for By Rotation was born. The platform now allows users to rent their designer wardrobes out to others, meaning people can access items they might not usually be able to afford, whilst reducing their impact on the environment. In this episode, we discuss the journey of building a sustainable brand, Ashita's passion for community, and the cultural shift towards a more ethical focus on fashion. I am a huge fan of By Rotation. They completely saved my wardrobe and wallet during wedding season. So it was a joy to get to chat to Ashita. Enjoy the episode. And by the way, we had a few technical glitches when it came to my mic on this interview. We promise that the sound quality will resume next week and thank you for bearing with us. Ashita, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Connie. So, I mean, by rotation, I feel like, especially in the last year, unless you've been living under a rock, like I'm sure people have come across it because um, your community and the brand has just really grown in the last kind of 12 to 18 months. But for anyone that's not familiar with the business and how it works as a concept, could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, um, so by rotation is a peer-to-peer social marketplace where you can lend and rent contemporary and designer fashion. So really, it's a great way to save money if you want to dress new outfits and, you know, quality designer outfits um, and also make money because you can lend your own pieces on there and save the planet one rented outfit at a time and also make new friends. So there's too many reasons why you should be on it. 
<laughs> it really is like that. It's a you know I know we're going to talk about the community element um, a little bit later on, but that really is what it's built on. Um, did you? I mean, obviously, fashion is a huge focus of your life right now. But what were you doing before um, by rotation? Was was fashion on your radar, or were you doing something completely different? Yeah, I mean, yeah, completely unrelated. But I used to work in corporate bonds uh, for the first six and a half years of my career. So I used to be an investment analyst looking at debt from financial institutions and thinking about whether we should invest in them as a large asset manager would do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess that has no relation to fashion rental whatsoever. But I have been a web designer since the age of 11 and very, very familiar with product um, and how you know a product and a marketplace and a platform should look like. Um, and I guess in terms of my interest in fashion, I've always been, I suppose, um, you know, you, you know, the one who's more into fashion in my in my friend circle, sort of the tastemaker in our group. Um, I remember for my civil ceremony, I wore Jacques Muse for my uh, for my wedding. Wow. Um, and, and I think this was like back when before he even did the, uh, you know, the pink the fuchsia carpet. Mm -hmm. So it was long before he was super popular on Instagram. So, yeah, I'd say I, I, I don't I've always had an interest in fashion, but more for the aesthetics as opposed to you know, who the designer of so-and-so house. I, I don't really, I'm not, I'm less fussed about that. Not really a big fashion magazine reader either. I'm not really into trends. I like to just do what I think looks good. Looks good and good quality, I guess, is, is probably something that you've, you've always been aware of. What, what was the turning point? Like, when did you make that jump from corporate finance to, to starting by rotation? And what was that transition period like? Yeah, um, so it was investment management. And, and actually, I didn't actually know so much about quality, and therefore I wasn't really aware about the problem of waste in the fashion industry uh, until about mm. two and a half years ago when I went on my honeymoon. And that was the inspiration behind my rotation. You know, um, I wanted to wear all these elaborate, beautiful designer outfits that we see a lot of women wearing on Instagram. And, you know, often they're OOTD, so outfit of the day. Mm -hmm. Never see them again on their feed, on their gram. And I started thinking about how I really just want to rent. I want to borrow uh, fashion. And I would love to rent from this woman directly. Um, and that's when I started sort of looking at the, um, at the global landscape, you know, the market for fashion rental, and noticed that a lot of the incumbent players, like obviously Rent the Runway, which has recently IPO'd, mm -hmm. uh, Y Closet in China, South Theory in Singapore, where I grew up, I just noticed all of them were very inventory heavy. And it was less about, you know, the community and the woman that I could borrow her style of, uh, and more about just the yield that you could make on an asset, which is the dress, you know, or the bag or whatever. Yeah. So, and I also very quickly noticed when I trial, I, I trialed Rent the Runway when I was in New York City for a couple of work trips with my sister's um, unlimited subscription, and just realized that all the inventory they had on there was really outdated. You know, it was pieces that really old season or they were the polyester version of like a silk dress from a brand that I liked. So they weren't the kind of pieces that I wanted to rent uh, and borrow. And I pretty much realized that would that would be what would happen in a market such as the UK and Europe, where people are very fashion conscious. You know, they are really they're quite trend driven as well. And, um, and yeah, and that's when I decided that I wanted to create, you know, this Airbnb type. Um, platform where you can get two women to exchange their style with each other um, and I guess sort of um, going back to that 
the sisterhood of the tra- of the traveling pants, you know, really yeah. bringing it to life and making it happen. Because there's too many times I've been on the streets and been like, wow, I love your outfit. Where's your dress from? And I want to now say, oh, I love your outfit. What's your username and by rotation so I can rent from you? So I can follow you. Yeah. Um, so that is how by rotation is founded and our premise. I love that. It kind of really reminds me of, do you remember like the early, early days of ASOS when it really was a scene on screen and it would be like, you know, here's this paparazzi picture of whoever and you could then, they would obviously, it was, you know, a bad knockoff a lot of the time. But it's that concept of like being able to see something and being able to kind of access it. And I think that in, you know, the world that we're in now where we're all content creators, we're all influencers in our in our own way. Um, I love that you've kind of got that idea that people can, like you said, see someone on the street and say, hey, you're on by rotation. (laughs) Can I borrow that dress? And again, we all share with our friends, right? So I guess it's just taking that concept and like exploding it to a more kind of like national or international scale. I mean, some of us don't really have friends who are the same size as us or we don't have sisters or moms in the same city or country. Mm. Uh, Definitely, that's been my situation, which is why, you know, being able to borrow from an acquaintance Uh, who's not even in your friend circle just makes a lot of sense you know and that way you don't have to feel worried that you're wearing the same outfit that your friend wore last week and I feel like with the um I don't know there's a certain age group which I'm definitely in that kind of early 30s like another wedding every week like it's all our sort of little mini red carpet moment and you do get this thing of like I'm just not I don't want to wear the same thing again but if you're all rotating it then it's awesome yeah it just makes so much sense you know to, to share what's already out there because you know, I think there's like a minimum number of times that you should be wearing an outfit, which is 30 right. Um And we're just making it easier and simpler for you. Um, and actually thinking, I guess what we really do, we have this really interesting feature on the app called the Lender Activity Dashboard, where you can actually track um, which items are performing the best for you in terms of what you're renting out to mm. others. And it's made our top lenders so much more strategic with what they're actually purchasing mm. when they are buying something new. And they have also talked about how they've reduced their consumption altogether. You know, they're no longer going wow. to the fast fashion companies to buy a new, yeah. you know, to buy a new trend or to rent a color that's trending. They're just renting it from someone else who's already owning who already owns that piece. Yeah. And I guess when, you know, I think we talk about in terms of quality and fashion, you know, we talk about investment pieces. So you might say like I'm gonna buy this because I'm gonna wear it. X amount of times it's going to last for years but I feel like now people can put this into their mind as well of like it's an investment piece that I might wear at X amount of times but I'm also might get paid for people to lend it off me and I could make my money back on this dress so actually better for me to spend 200 300 pounds on a dress that I could make money off than spend 30 pounds on something that I'm going to wear once and I'm never going to want to wear it again because the quality is not great exactly and, and I think that that's exactly how it needs to be I, I personally also changed my mindset you know, I no longer shop fast fashion anymore. And I'm someone who very mm. recently learned about, you know, this crisis um, that you know, that the yeah. fashion industry is bringing to the climate. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about that. You know, I mean, I think sustainability is obviously a really key part of the conversation with bi What What has been your journey into learning more about that? Because I think it is talked about more in general, but I'm, I'm sure as you've been growing this business, you must have seen you know, the worst of the fashion industry and the problems that need to be solved. Yeah, I mean, I think my journey has been really as an average consumer and that's also mm. the woman that's on the BioRotation app. You know, she's really taking charge yeah. of her consumption herself. She's no longer waiting for brands and all these 
big fashion companies and retailers to to make the move, you know. Um, and I think that's how we've also, if you look at our communications and our messaging, you know, we are always trying to make it positive. So you always feel like you can also join um, and become a rotator without completely changing your lifestyle. You yeah. know, no one is perfect. Uh, I'm not perfect. You know, I still buy new things once in a while. Uh, I always list them, though, on buy rotation. And I think it's really about, you know, wanting to make that first move into, um, you know, being a bit more considered uh, with your fast fashion consumption. So in my own journey, I would say, you know, I, I found it, well, I, I came up with the idea of, of buy rotation as a side hustle. So for the first six months, I was still working in a hedge fund. And in the evenings and the weekends, I would go to a lot of sustainable fashion panels. Um, and, and, you know, often they kind of, you often you kind of ended up bumping into the same people. Uh, and it was it definitely was an echo chamber and nothing wrong with that because sometimes you want to amplify the messaging and become more passionate about it. That's, that's definitely what's happened to me because I realized there was something here, but what I definitely felt was that most of my friends and the common consumer does not know about this. They're not talking about this. Right. Um, yeah. That's why yeah. I wanted to make, you know, I wanted this, this community that I was going to found, you know, we didn't have a name for it yet. I wanted it to be something that appeals to just everyone even the person who's still shopping on Oxford Street or, or, or you know, on ASOS.com. Um, I still wanted them to feel like by rotation can be part of their, you know, their shopping, their consumption habit, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's bringing an alternative that feels accessible, um, kind of almost like a gateway into this world. And I think it can open people's eyes, but in a fun way, you know, rather than trying to kind of, sit someone down and lecture them about you know which you know we need to be having the conversation of course what fashion is doing to the world but i think if you're not engaged with that people trying to lecture you or you know ha you know be negative about your choices then people can get really turned off by that where actually you're saying like look at this community look at what like you can get and the fun you can have and the friends you can make and through that there is the conversation around sustainability does come up um, do, do you feel that like that? Have you spoken? I know you recently had your kind of pop up where you got to meet some customers in real life. And did you see that mix of people that were maybe becoming more conscious about their consumption through using the app? Yeah. Um, so we actually have another pop up now. It's a holiday pop up in Marlebone Lane. You should definitely come. Down. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're here until at least end of the year, maybe end of March, uh, end of Jan. So we'll see. Um, How exciting. Yeah, and it's a great space. It, we kind of position it as the Biorotation common room. So it's a place for our community to Love hang that. out. Uh, we'll have events, parties, workshops. You know, there's a lot of fun things going on. A lot of different discussions beyond just fashion and renting clothes. Mm. The focus is on being a community and people coming over and even lenders and renters, you know, swapping within the store itself. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really a space for the community to just hang out, as I say. Um, and what we really learned is, you know, we ended up having, I mean, I'm, I'm still going in every day, uh, even on the weekends, actually. And I realized when I talk to them, you know, I, I try to understand how much they've used the app or if they're not on the app, what's stopping mm. them and their shopping habits. You know, sometimes they'll come in with, you know, say a Zara paper bag and that's fine. At mm. least they're, they're considering to, you know, rent and, and share with someone else. Um, and so we do think that they exist alongside. Uh, and hopefully people will be reducing their consumption of fast fashion. Um, as I said, no one's perfect, you know, and we're not saying mm. never, ever buy anything ever again. But we've definitely heard from our top lenders and renters because we do a big community outreach program. We have learned from them that 
they've become much more mindful of the way mm. now. So when they do want something new, they always look on the biorotation app. You know, they go through the filters and they usually have something in mind. If not, they go through our curated collections. Um, and if there's nothing on there, they end up going shopping for usually contemporary or designer pieces that they think that they can end up lending on the app as well. Like you said, you know, you're yeah. sort of thinking around it. It's just about being much more strategic to the fashion pieces you own because this can be yeah. an asset. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think it is it is about mindfulness. Like I love that you use that word because I think that we are fast fashion, you know, I think it's not just about the fast production of the fashion, it's the the fast behaviors that we have the kind of like knee-jerk reaction of like I'm going to a party tonight I want something delivered tomorrow so I'm going to go down this route it might not be my favorite thing like I might not even ever wear it again like it might end up in a charity shop or you know just in a suitcase in the loft or something but actually this mindful approach to fashion where you you know we've we've had other uh, other founders on here talking about you know this investment in luxury this like consideration of quality the just stopping for a moment and being like do I really want this how can this become an asset how can this you know um yeah make me feel really good and something I've really worked hard for and I think it's um I think being more mindful in every walk of life can be really beneficial but this included um in terms of the stuff that you know like you said you you didn't come from a background of sustainability being a huge focus but obviously it's become more and more part of um what you're doing what are the kind of most shocking things or the things that you wish people knew or that you wish you'd known about the fashion industry's impact on on climate and you know people as well yeah i think the fact that it is such a wasteful industry and it never sort of crossed mm. my mind because um you know a lot of what we see as average consumers are the glossy campaigns the nice photos mm. you know the pretty pictures and 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 you know like i guess with social media like all the other sort of events and, and and you know activations that are happening but there's less talk about the ugly side of it which i understand you know you don't want to talk about the negative things while you're trying to sell products but i think there's very little out there for an average consumer to know um and, and i think it's purposely sort of you know it doesn't come to our mind and i think there's some education missing there something that I missed out mm. you know, we had environmental education um, in the syllabus that I studied in high school, but I still didn't know that much about, um, yeah. you know, uh, about fashion being so problematic, despite, you know, being from, you know, one of the textile producing parts of the world, which is India, Rajasthan in particular. Right. It was just very surprising that something I loved was such a monster um, to the climate crisis. Um, and uh, yeah, it makes sense. You know, we all wear clothes every day just maybe we all need to you know maybe people need to maybe these brands need to be more honest about their production you know mm. you see you see people putting labels on on um you know on food and you know when it comes to nutrition and whether they can be recycled and things like that you know maybe that needs to happen to clothing as well um i'm not the expert here on the production side of it but i think uh, something's definitely missing there and, um, you know, unfortunately, it seems like part of the onus falls on the consumer, which is fine. Mm. Why we come up with an app like Biorotation, where you're in charge, you don't wait for others. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that whenever we have conversations around climate change, whether we're talking about 
food or cars or clothes or, or or anything that we're buying and consuming i guess you're so right so much onus is put on the consumer when actually it's the big businesses that you know really need to be taking you know they're causing a lot of the problem but then i guess there's the argument of supply and demand right so if we change our buying habits then hopefully eventually that might have a knock-on effect on the kind of the wider problem i'd love to get your take on well a the challenges of running a sustainable business or any business that has an ethical edge because i think that I don't know if you've experienced this, but I think that's really common for brands to be like, we're doing this, we're trying to do this good thing. You know, we're trying to make a step forward and then people go, okay, but you're not doing this and you're not doing that and you're not doing the others. And that's obviously something that a lot of fashion brands that, you know, maybe use sustainability as a bit of a buzzword, you know, and then people rightly so call them out on, um, you know, things that they're not doing right. Have you faced any challenges as sustainability being like a really big brand pillar for you? I think the main thing is we really, you know, talk about how we have a completely circular business model because we are completely peer to peer. You know, we are telling people to list items from their own wardrobe themselves, unlike any other rental player out there. You know, we don't engage in, you know, holding stock, buying stock, managing stock on behalf of people and brands. Uh, we're really all about, you know, getting people to use the app themselves and share what they already have because, on average, people have about 60 items in their wardrobe. And we wear about 30% of those. Um, I would argue I have double or triple the amount of those items. And I probably wear 10% of those items. And I think it's just, you know, I think it's, it's really about, you know, making sure that if you are coming up with a new business idea or a new brand or whatever, you think of ways that you don't leave a negative impact on the climate. Um, and we yeah. do that by being a tech business first and foremost. Uh, and one of our other core values besides tech is community. So again, the um, aspect of it really requires us to have a strong community. Um, and I think the sustainability messages are really embedded in the fact that we're all about the sharing economy. You know, we're very circular. Um, everything is being used and shared amongst people, not a company, um, you know, not a warehouse, not a dry cleaning facility. Um, yeah. So, so it's sort of, again, you know, like Airbnb, Uber, those are the big giants, obviously, in the sharing economy. But that's what we're really about, not not creating more waste, just sharing what you really have. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say that, I mean, on the sustainability messaging, especially, you know, we want to make sure that it's, you know, by rotation is accessible for every person. Um, you know, as I mentioned, even the one who's walking on the high street and, and comes into, say, our pop-up store with, you know, a fast fashion uh, paper bag. Yeah, you you want them to still feel welcome. Yeah, and start making those changes you know, um, bit by bit, because once you try rotating, you'll definitely return. You know, we've got some amazing retention numbers uh, and, you know, we, we've really seen people being so happy as a lender and as a renter when um, when they're sharing. Aside from sort of sustainability and community, like what are the other kind of brand values that are really, really important to to buy rotation and, and what are your kind of community built around? Um, I think the other core values really are technology. You know, we are a tech company, first and foremost. Um, we are, you know, a two-sided marketplace. Uh, and this is great because we're going to be much more scalable when we are going global because we do have global ambitions. Um, and the way that we've built this social marketplace is like a social network. You know, we've been dubbed as the Instagram of fashion rental. Um, and then the second, which is probably the most important thing ever, um, is community. Because uh, without our community, you know, we are nothing. Um, and, and the quality of the pieces that you see on there 
and the quality of engaged users on there is really dependent on the community. Um, so we do a lot of work around, you know, engaging our activity digitally and in person. Uh, I think we've done a good mm. job and actually it's much more difficult than, you know, doing glossy marketing campaigns and photo shoots and just, you know, throwing money at performance marketing and influencers. So building a community has been one of the things that we've been painstakingly, me personally as well, involved in at grassroots level. Mm. You know, um, and how and how have you done? How have you done that? Because, like you said, it's it is almost like you're creating a social network, and you you kind of, I think, with any sort of peer to peer community, it it has to be organic, right? You can't fabricate that kind of connection between people. But obviously, when you're starting at a grassroots level, you have to kind of get the momentum going. How how did you manage to do that? What are the things that you tried and worked, and what suits your consumer best? I think um, so. I guess the low-hanging fruits were really enlisting my friends, you know, my family, my, you know, my, my, my colleagues, my, so my immediate sort of circle to start listing their items on the biorotation app and being engaged on it and telling their friends and family and, you know, you know, the whole sort of, um, you know, the, all the networks that they had. Um, and then the second thing that I did, and I still do, is, you know, just show up, show up to as many in-person or digital events that you can um, and make yourself be known when you are there. Don't just... You know, obviously you should listen, but, you know, try try to engage with the audience and the panelists if you can. So I would often sort of, you know, sit front row at a panel event and, you know, maybe even be the first one to ask a question when they did Q&A. So it's really about, you know, making sure that you do have a presence um, and do engage and find people who could be your next stakeholders. You know, maybe they won't be your users. Maybe you could collaborate with them on something. So um, I make it a point to show up even to date. You know, I'll, I'll always be on the road. And I guess those in-person um, pop-ups that you, you've had, I, I can imagine that's been like an amazing experience to actually see the community off the app. Because I guess you've got your community on the app, um, but then you've also kind of, you've got to grow them in real life as well. Yeah, um, and, and that's why, you know, we've got this pop-up space, uh, this common room where you can hang out with us, come do workshops like wreath making, cupcake decorating. You know, they're not even directly related to fashion, but these are the things mm. that our rotators would be interested in while being surrounded by beautiful fashion. So it's always like there, but it's not explicitly there. Yeah, and like you said, it's, it's a bit of a, it's, it's almost like creating, it's selling a lifestyle kind of thing and you're kind of understanding what these people like and actually you can connect and you can, you know, yeah, yes, you can talk about fashion and share it to those clothes, but you can also have a really nice day. And I guess post pandemic, people are just so craving that in real life, you know, experience of seeing people. I'm really interested, like how did the pandemic impact the business if it did at all? Because I feel like on the one side, people maybe weren't going out as much. So maybe there's like less desire to have those clothes. But on the flip side, something about that time, especially the early days of lockdown, I feel like it really fostered community and connection between people in a way that like I think we'd become a little bit immune to um did, how, did, how did it reflect in in by rotation yeah I mean we made the conscious decision as a five and a half year old startup to not really push rental at all um you know unlike maybe some giants like rent the runway who were you know talking about how you could rent a ball gown for your zoom and all of that we just thought it was very insensitive you know there was a very um high death rate as well in the UK um, if you remember, I think in May onwards. So we wanted to be very careful about our messaging and our communications. And we just focused on really, you know, keeping the community engaged with, you know, fun quizzes, fun ways to educate them about, 
you know, the problem of waste in the fashion industry and what they can do um, in a very grassroots levels, which is to Mary Kondo their wardrobes while they were stuck at home. Um, mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, the supply side of the, um, you know, the supply side dynamics of our marketplace was really built on. Um, and really just, you know, doing fun quizzes with them, um, you know, fun sort of um, Instagram live series that I did. I think we used to do one once a week, which was called the glass of wine with or a cup of tea with. Um, I actually still have been doing them. I think the last one we did was maybe six weeks ago. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of in-person events happening instead. So I think it was actually, strangely, as a five and a half month startup, we didn't have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of stakeholders breathing, breathing down our necks saying that, oh, you have to generate revenues. So we ensured that everyone in the team still had a job. You know, they were still working full time with us. And instead of doing, um, you know, we, we just, had this captive audience um, that was glued to their phones or their laptops the whole time. So we just really engaged with them digitally and got them to fall in love with the biorotation community and brand. And I think that was actually one of yeah. the, uh, you know, one of the best time for us to have built this space uh, because we were very young, you know, we're, we were probably the youngest rental platform around uh, and, and, you know, still have a very lean and small team regardless of what it mm-hmm. seemed like on the surface. I think you're so right like and I was I was part of that captive audience that's why I'm laughing because I was like I'd not heard of you and then I fell in love with the idea and, and then I was I was waiting to have an event to go and use it and I so I can completely see how that would work you know you talked about people falling in love with biorotation and the concept of it I feel like is that something that you've had to educate people on because I know especially you know even me as a user you are like okay so what happens if this happens and how do I know you know whatever like who cleans it what happens if I spill something on it what happens if it's not the right size do you feel like there is because it's quite a new concept you know well you're the you're the only people really doing it in this peer-to-peer way have you had to hold people's hands a little bit through the process to get them to really fall in love with it and was there a turning point where you felt like okay people get it now yeah um I think definitely and this is why lockdown was a great time you know we were we were sort of holding their hands, convincing them and showing them all these amazing other pieces that were on the app, all these incredible other women that were already on the app. You know, they ranged from students, lawyers, bankers, um, professors, um, influencers, royals, celebrities, you know, you, you name it, homemakers. We've got, we've got everyone on there. And I think, you know, we just wanted people to really understand that it was for everyone and anyone. And I think that's that's definitely what you've achieved. And that's just down to your great messaging and branding and, and that sort of thing. You, you mentioned, you know, you're still really, really young. Um, what has been your sort of general experience of funding so far? You know, you were bootstrapping at the start, but then did you manage to get some investment that helped you grow the team? Yeah, we were bootstrapped until I would say just maybe about six months ago. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm very proud to say that I'm probably the only founder in the fashion rental space with such high equity. Uh, and that probably comes from my background in finance. You know, we've just been very careful about who gets to be a stakeholder and, you know, even joins our team for that matter. So it's been very considered. Um, I, I would say the way that we um, hire we, and, and the way that we even, you know, spend money and use our resources. Um, and I would say... That has actually, that the fact that we were bootstrapped for that long has really made me much, have much more skin in the game. You know, I, I really care mm-hmm. about the company. I want to see it to IPO. So I'm in it for the long haul um, and actually very tied to the vision and mission of our mm-hmm. And I think, 
just you know being bootstrapped for you know a pretty significant period of our existence so far has um, made me much more strategic in the way that we also spend money and the kind of campaigns and partnerships and collaborations we do because everything is really tied to to myself personally also um, and I think that's you know I personally I personally find that much more um, you know it's my style of doing business I suppose um, as opposed to just throwing lots and lots of money at something and hoping that one thing sticks I'd rather be strategic yeah a hundred percent and like you said when you've been when, when you're so in it and you're so invested and you've got such a clear vision when you start bringing people kind of be it team members or be it investors or, or whatever it might be I guess you need to make sure that those people are completely aligned with your vision how has that experience been like growing the team and making sure that you're hiring the right people and then when you're talking to investors now when you're sort of thinking you've got to find people that really align with your views yeah um I've just been sort of very very careful I, almost to the point especially when you know we're looking at sort of more junior level employees about how they've always had either you know th th this passion or, or, or love for sustainability and fashion um, as opposed to the fashion side of things so as to say less fashion yeah. in the media uh, more about you know caring about the, you know the sharing economy and sharing and sustainability um, and then the second thing is really to to you know, find out if they've already used the app, and if they haven't, then why not? Because we have over 150,000 users on the app, and and I think when you're joining such an early stage startup, it's very very important for every um, for every team member to be obsessed with with the concept and and, and with the startup mm, and the product, not, yeah. not just the founder or the CEO or, or the top level you know employees or whatever, or the senior employees. Um, everyone feels it very personally in our team. And that's how I know that they're very, you know, they're, they're very, they're in it for the mission and the vision and they're in it for the long term. And I think that's important. Um, I think turnover is something that I wouldn't really regard very well. And therefore, I'm very careful because mm. um, we are very early stage. I'm very careful about who actually gets to part of it to join the team. And that's why we're maybe that lean and that small. Um, but this is how we've also been able to promote who's been with us since the beginning of our journey internally, as opposed to looking externally uh, all the time. Because we do things in a very different way. We don't look sideways. We do things ourselves. Yeah, I love that. And so you're, you're I mean, I think with any startup, it's really like you're building a family, you know, uh, within business and you, you've all got to, you, you want people that align with your views, but also going to challenge you as well and challenge themselves and keep growing. When you're sort of, I know you're in the process of, you know, looking at taking investment at some point. Um, do you have the same, I guess, um, approach to when you're looking at investors as you do with employees? Are you, is it not just about who can give the most money or who wants this? Is it really who are the people that are aligned with our values and are going to help us get to where we want to get to? Yeah, I think anyone can give capital. You know, it's really about what else you can bring mm. to the table besides money. Um, and, and I think that's really important for us to continue growing uh, because there's definitely some, you know, gaps in my skill set, which I'd love to fill with the right sort of investors and advisors uh, and, and employees for that matter. Perfect. So before we end, Ashita, I'm just going to ask you for your three top tips, um, kind of covering some of the stuff that we've done. So what would be your first top tip for someone going from the corporate world to founder life? Um, I would say found, uh, 
whatever you're thinking about leaving your daytime job for, uh, I would really recommend having it as um, as something that you test first and trial. Uh, there's a higher opportunity cost to, you know, leave your full-time career. Um, there's not much security, and to be honest, the there is always ups and downs, but the downs will feel much more personal uh, when it comes to your own business, especially especially early stage, because you because you won't be making much money and you won't be paying yourself probably anything. Yeah, it's always good to test it out. And what about if someone is looking to raise funds but really wants to maintain their values that they've been able to hold on when they were bootstrapping? Yeah, I heard something um, heard something yesterday in a panel that I did. Uh, which was um, yeah. This is what this is what someone got advice from from her mentor. He said to her, um, "Confidence is the corporate world's aphrodisiac," and, and and I was like, "Wow, this is completely true." So yeah, if if you're someone who knows your values, you clearly know who you are. You know who you your company wants to be. Uh, I feel that way. So don't worry about investors pushing you around. They're going to come after you if you're doing the right thing. In fact, I'd almost say be a bit aloof. It, it kind of works for you. Yeah, like you, they need you more than you need them kind of vibe. And I think if you're putting that out and you're going to attract the people that really want to work with you, if they're willing yes. to kind of like... As opposed to you sort of chasing them because then it sort of looks like you really need them. Because why do you really need them? Oh, because maybe you're running out of money. Or, or you know, th- th- there's many sort of... There's many, there's many reasons that can seem unattractive, basically. And it sounds it sounds yeah. really frustrating because I'm a very direct person myself, but it is very much like dating. I guess it's about retaining control to a certain degree, right? So you might be giving away part of your business in terms of equity, but you want them to know like, but this is my vision and this yeah. is the driving seat. And if you come on board, then you're joining my vision, not the other way mm-hmm. around. So I think confidence is, is such a really clear way of like establishing those boundaries yes. and then knowing what's what the deal is. And then finally... And then finally, um, what if people are sort of listening to this and they've maybe got an idea for a sustainability focused business, what would be your advice to helping them ensure that that business is fully sustainable and that they're, you know, they're going down the right path? I think for me, we just have a team that's very, very driven by the circular, the sharing economy and the sustainability vision um, that we set by rotation. So they always question me. And they always ask me, do you really think that we should be showing this in our newsletter or in our, you know, in our feed post? Or do you know, do you really think we should do some research as to, you know, who this, who this investor is? What else have they invested in? Where's the money actually coming from? Should we take money from them? So we've been very mindful about all these things. And it's thanks to the people around me, my team, who's obsessed with wanting to be, you know, the sharing economy of lifestyle products for the world. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. Ashita, so where, I know you mentioned that you've got the pop-up. What, what's coming next with BioRotation? How can people find you? How can people get involved? And yeah, what exciting stuff have you got coming up in 2022? Yeah, so we've got the holiday pop-up at 98 Marlebone Lane in London. So please do come by. We have an amazing schedule of events that our community manager has planned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and it's actually a really beautiful, cozy place. Very, very Instagrammable. I think we're known for that now. Um and then we've got so we've got our app which is fantastic free to download that's where you can find me uh that's by rotation by not buy do not buy um and we're on android and also on ios uh we're due to be featured on the app store again 
which is super exciting. We're regularly featured by them, um, which is amazing. Amazing. Startup, you know, we're, we're alongside Depop, Bestia, Vinted. Um, and what else is coming up? So we've got our web-based platform that's coming out quite soon. And we'll be expanding to Europe next year. And next year is going to be big for you guys, I'm sure. And also, I think the most important question is, what's your handle on the app so people can go and borrow your gorgeous clothes? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I should say, because there's only, there's about 150,000 women on the app at the moment. So you still have time to claim your own name. And my username is Ashita on the app. So go claim yours. Oh, perfect. Claim yours, coming. I'm going to do it as soon as I get off this call. Ashita, thank you so much. I absolutely loved chatting to you. And um, thanks for all your amazing insights. Thank you so much again. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Bossing It podcast. If you can spare a couple of seconds, we would love it if you could rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening as it helps other people find the podcast. If you want to hang out with us online, you are more than welcome. You can find us on all socials with the handle at Flourish. Please tweet us, DM us, get in touch however you'd like. If you have any questions about the topics we cover in this series, or if you'd like to nominate a guest. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.